Welcome to the Wise Up Texas podcast. Wise Up Texas is a nonpartisan nonprofit empowering and educating Texas South Asians to be informed voters and partake in civic engagement. You can visit our website, wiseuptexas.org, and find us on all social media platforms. This is Neil Sarkar, Wise Up Texas board member and today's host. Before we get to today's terrific guest, uh, I just want to let our listeners know, first, uh, we have podcasts going up uh, several times a week. Uh, please come on and listen. We have uh, new podcasts from uh, Congresswoman Lizzie Fletcher, Democratic Senate candidate MJ Hagar, uh, a number of congressional candidates, uh, Harris County Clerk Chris Hollins, and several state representatives. Second, uh, Election Day is on November 3rd. Uh, with everything that's going on, please start thinking about your vote plan, when you'll vote, how you'll vote, what issues you might run into uh, as you attempt to vote so that you can start addressing them now. Uh, it's sooner than you think, so please be on top of it. Turning to our guests now, we are thrilled to have Candace Valenzuela join us today. Candace is the Democratic candidate for Texas's 24th Congressional District, which includes the northern suburbs of Dallas and Fort Worth. Uh, it's a district that includes sizable African-American, Hispanic, and Asian populations. Uh, it's a district that Beto O'Rourke uh, won by three points. Uh, in 2018, uh, the incumbent at that time won the race by about three points. Uh, I think the number was around 8,000 votes. Uh, the incumbent has now retired, and so both who are running for this seat are uh, first-timers running for Congress. Candace is a mother, educator, and lifelong Texan. Uh, she, ran, uh, she first ran for her local school board to improve Texas schools, becoming the first Latina and first African-American woman to serve on the Carrollton Farmers Branch School Board. She's the daughter of U.S. Army veterans, born and raised in El Paso, uh, into a family of generations of military service. Uh, Candace graduated from Claremont McKenna College on a full scholarship, becoming the first in her family to graduate from college. Uh, she pursued work in education, including mentoring youth, tutoring, and working with special needs students. Uh, on the school board, Candace has been an advocate for greater fiscal transparency and work to exp expand STEM education, vocational training, and coding academies in district schools. Uh, she's also pushed for funding for school renovations and focused on making sure the district is inclusive and welcoming to students of all backgrounds. Thank you so much for joining us here today, Candice. And uh, to start, um, yeah, sorry I spent so much time on your background, but there's just a lot to talk about. But uh, please let our listeners know, uh, you know whether there are things about either your background or your district that I missed. So Texas's 24th district is an interesting district for many reasons. Uh, it is suburban, it is very well educated, and I think it's the most educated battleground district, by the way, and it is a majority person of color district. Uh, the breakdown, uh, so it's a little over 50%, it's about 51% uh, minority or person of color. Of that, 23% is Hispanic or Latino, 11% is African American or Black, and 12%, um, actually 13, closer to 13% is Asian. Of that, uh, Asian population, which 13% is a pretty big chunk for, for a lot of Texas uh, districts, half of it is, is South Asian. 
And uh, this is a very diverse community. We are uh, very much rooted in our pursuit of the American dream. I think the things that, that people tend to share here is that there, there are immense work ethics for all of us. We've crossed our T's, we've dotted our I's, we've moved to an area where we think that we can raise children or we move to an area where we think we could, we could cover, comfortably retire. And we're not necessarily seeing the return on investment we're putting into the American dream. And that was one of the things that, that compelled me to run. Um, as I mentioned in my intro, Candace, uh, in 2018, the Republican candidate defeated the Democratic candidate by something on the order of 8,000 votes. Uh, so wh what is your plan to make up that difference? Well, when I ran for school board, I built a lot of coalitions of folks uh, that unlikely uh, friends in, in some cases in order to win my seat. And as I continue to serve my district, as I continue to serve the families of, of uh, my fifth of Texas's 24th district, uh, my coalitions grew because I was seeking to create better opportunities for families, uh, seeking to get more school funding uh, so that our, our schools would be able to have the capacity to, to create our, our compassionate economic leaders of the future. And the same thing is happening when in my, my run for Congress. I think one of the biggest compliments I typically get or I used to get when we had beautiful pictures of our, our volunteers is that my volunteer base looks like the district. Uh, the, the people that work for me, the people who are on my payroll, uh, they look like the district. Uh, you, know, you know, we have uh, folks who are, are immigrants and folks who were born here, African-American, Latino, uh, um, um, Asian American and Pacific Islander, of course, uh, of, of gen, uh, varying uh, sexual orientation and gender idea, identities uh, represented in uh, this, this particular team. And the best way to turn out a community is to give them a seat at the table. Uh, and, and we've had some incredible success in my primary around relational organizing and having folks reach into their communities and say, this person is here to listen to the, us, this person is here to work for us. And as I've had the opportunity to sit down and talk with folks, whether in person or over Zoom, that coalition has just grown. And I'm really excited about that. Yeah. Let me ask you a little bit more on this relational organizing piece. One difference uh, or another difference from 2018 is this is a presidential year. Uh, and I know a lot of folks, uh, especially in the South Asian community, have sort of been extra motivated by uh, Senator Harris's addition to the ticket. Uh, what is your, or let me ask it this way, have you coordinated with the national ticket? What are you seeing on the ground? Do you think you can get a, an extra boost from that? Oh, I, I think that we, everyone can get an extra boost from better representation. I mean, that, that's the long and short of it. And there is something really special uh, that I'm seeing from my South Asian friends when, when they were able to look at Kamala, uh, when they were able to look at her family, uh, and when they were able to relate to it in a very special way. Uh, I, I know that that's, that's going to drive up uh, the enthusiasm, not just to go out and vote. There's a difference, and I, I think I've been on, on both ends of this, there's a difference between uh, getting myself to the polls and getting myself and my friends and my family to the polls and feeling really good about that. And that is something that, that Kamala brings. And 
to a certain extent, I hope that is something that my campaign brings to the table too. Uh, when folks here have only uh, been ever been represented by white males uh, who, who don't understand a lot of the things that they're going through, that don't understand uh, some of the issues that, that come with being a part of an immigrant community or community of color, uh, my campaign understands uh, and I understand to a certain extent. Uh, and we're just working to make sure that that representation isn't just window dressing for a campaign, but as a part of governance. And I know that Kamala is doing the same thing and they are working really hard on the ground. Uh, they are reaching out to folks. I've been really, I've been really impressed with their radio ads uh, where a lot of our communities of, of color are still very engaged in the radio. And, and I think that they've hired people, they've hired firms that aren't just a bunch of white folks in the room conjecturing about what they think people of color want. They're hiring the people of color. Uh, this has been one of the best uh, democratic races for president that I've seen in terms of that outreach. It's not perfect, but uh, we've made a lot of strides even in the last four years and I, I'm over the moon about it. Uh, Candace, can you uh, just briefly tell our listeners a little bit uh, on the policy and the issue front, uh, what issues are most important to you? Well, first and foremost, I am very concerned with COVID relief. Uh, and I think that we started off on a good foot at the very beginning of this pandemic uh, when we were supporting families and when we made an effort to support businesses. But unfortunately, that that support stopped pretty quickly. Uh, when, when there was a rush to reopen the economy, uh, when there was a rush to pretend that COVID didn't exist, uh, we had a lot of communities of color who were severely hurt by this, especially those who didn't have a choice. They, they, weren't, they didn't have the option to work from home and they either lost income and uh, were forced to stay at home or uh, they go out and they, they risk themselves and they risk their families every day. And so I'm going to be working to make sure that we get the sufficient PPE, that we're testing, tracing, and treating in a, a, an affordable way. Uh, so not you know having to pay $250 for a rapid COVID test so that you can go to work, but that, it, that COVID tests are accessible for everybody and, and making sure that uh, we are still sending financial support to families until we've recovered enough for everybody to be back at work or back at school safely. And after that, we're going to be talking substantially about healthcare, about vocational training, and about campaign finance reform and, and uh, voter protection, two things that we've seen in jeopardy <laughs> throughout the, the course of, of this year. Candace, as I mentioned at our outset, you know, Wise Up Texas uh, exists uh, in large part to inform uh, the South Asian community and, you know, in a sense, be a voice for that community. Um, you know, one of the notable things about your district is uh, it seems like it's uh, sort of been uh, the focal point of a lot of anti-Muslim rhetoric that we've seen, uh, whether it's your opponent who uh, kind of made several attacks on Sharia law to uh, cultivate her popularity in, let's say, certain circles, uh, or uh, Ahmed Mohammed, who I believe was also in your district, uh, and you being an educator are probably very familiar with that. So can you just tell our listeners about what that issue and what your experience with uh, this Islamophobia, uh, what that has meant for you and what it means for your campaign? 
this is one of the the biggest, if not the biggest contrast between myself and, and my opponent is how we approach religion, how we re, we approach race, how we approach humanity. Uh, my my opponent waged a war against the, the Muslim community here in Texas's 24th district, uh, tried to outlaw Sharia law uh, as if that were an actual problem here, uh, and then sheared on as her own police department arrested a, a preteen for bringing a clock he built to school. This it, Everyone remembers the image of this, this slight kid, uh, Ahmed, the slight kid in a NASA t-shirt with handcuffs that, that, that seemed to swim around his tiny little wrists being held by the police. And my opponent had cheered it on. Uh, she has never uh, made an attempt to fix her relationship with the Muslim community here in, in, in Texas's 24th district, and we have a, a sizable one. The fact that she is willing to alienate and to endanger a large portion of her community in order to, to, to score political points is scary. And I, you know, I am working hard to bring communities together. I was one of the first people on the ground when we, we had the protest here at DFW airport, uh, when uh, Trump tried to enact his, his illegal Muslim ban. Uh, I was out there for hours with many incredible folks in Texas's 24th district protesting until they let people out. And the next morning I couldn't be there the whole day, but I, I dropped off food and water and, uh, you know, this is, this is what you're supposed to do when somebody in your community is in trouble. You're supposed to band together and help them. She's not going to be the kind of person who brings people together. Thank you, Candace. And on behalf of the Wise Up Board, uh, thank you very much for your time this evening. Uh, before I wrap up, uh, is there anything else you'd like to tell our listeners? It is critical that you go out and vote. Please go vote and try to vote early. Uh, so early voting starts in four days. This Tuesday, the 13th is early voting. And if you're afraid of being turned away at the polls, the best way to make sure that you have everything you need, make sure that you have a second shot just in case something happens is if you try to vote early, okay? So, no, so October 13th, is the very first day. Uh, call your friends, call your family, uh, get out to the polls. Thank you. Uh, well, that is it for our interview for today. Uh, Wise Up Texas is a nonpartisan and nonprofit organization, but we welcome interviews with candidates and political leaders who want to reach out to our South Asian followers. Wise Up Texas does not endorse any candidates or political party. You can find a recording of this podcast on most platforms where podcasts are available, and select episodes will air on Radio Azad in the DFW area. Uh, I'll also echo Candace's sentiments on please vote. Uh, that's what's most important, regardless of what your political affiliation is. Please go out and do your civic duty. Thanks for listening, everyone. Get educated, get wiser, and start giving a hoot with Wise Up Texas.